Blog Talk Radio.
All right, all right. It is Tuesday at 8 o'clock, and it is time for Scoop Radio. Welcome, welcome to everybody who is joining in, whether you are via our live feeds. What's up to everybody on the live? If you are dialing in, if you want to dial in, dial at 929-477-2304. If you'd like to join the conversation tonight, which we strongly encourage you to do, um, especially during our main topic this evening. Just press the number one to let us know that you want to join us live, and we'll bring you on the air by announcing the last four digits of your phone number. This is an interactive show, so come on, family, join us. Talk with us on this evening. Um, as always, we cannot do this show. It's not ever a one-man or a one-woman thing. This is definitely a family affair. So I want to bring on the fam. Kels, how are you this evening, sis? Hey, I'm doing good. Trying to get my live crunk over here. Hey, hey. <laughs> right now, but I know I know some more gonna jump on. So yeah, I'm right. Well, they gotta get the notification. Okay. That's all. They need that the notification. That Kel's just live. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's up to Kel's live? And y'all come on in the room, as they say. Uh, what's going on? Thank come you for on. joining us. How are you? When? <laughs> I completely yeah, that was I was talking about I was talking to my life, my bad. What's going on everybody? Well, <laughs> I completely, I'm talking to my life, saying hi to everybody. Completely missed that one. Focus, man, focus. <laughs> I tried. I was trying to say hi to everybody. Mm. Good, good, good. Well, we got a great show for you guys this evening. Um, we have got lots of good news that Lynn is about to get into. Kells has got part two. Uh, I think this is the first time we've ever done a part two to Hot Topics. So, like, we're making low-key radio right. history this evening. Uh, it is. <laughs> so yeah, it looking is. forward to we that. Huh? I said, yeah, this, is, this is history. I said, this is history yeah. tonight. We've never done part two to a, a Hot Topic before. So, yeah, let's yeah. go. I'm here for it. Definitely here for it. And we're going to close this up this evening with the fire starter. So, like I said, it is a super packed show. So, without uh, further ado, when let's go ahead and get get it in with the news. What's up? All right, let's go. So, in the news, first things up tonight. Uh, in the news, uh, uh, we've got uh, USA Today uh, officer, white officer, Dallas police officer fired after killing neighbor. Um, so, uh, the white Dallas police officer accused of shooting her black neighbor. Uh, to death after entering to his apartment has been fired from the force. Officer Amber Geiger, uh, who has said she mistook the neighbor's apartment for her own um, and thought that the 26-year-old Boston Jean was a burglar, excuse me, was terminated during a hearing Monday with Police Chief U. Renee Hall. The Dallas Police Department said in a um, news release posted on Twitter, uh, an internal investigation revealed Geiger engaged in adverse conduct when she was arrested for manslaughter three days after the September 6th shooting of Jean, who lived in the fourth floor, excuse me, yeah, fourth floor apartment right above her, um, the statement said. Um, the posting did not specify the nature of the adverse conduct, but Dallas Police Spokesperson Sergeant William Mitchell later described it in a written response as, conduct which adversely affects the, the morale or efficiency of the department or which has a tendency to adversely affect, lower, destroy public respect and confidence in the, in the department or office. That was a whole lot of nothing, by the way, that, that whole statement. Um, but um, <laughs> one of the officers 
has been arrested for a crime, adverse conduct, is often cited in the officer's termination, um, she says. So, um, Kels, what's your, what's your thought about Amber Geiger being fired and the reason that she was fired? I mean, the reason is a bunch of bull, but I, I also yeah. want to point out the fact that the, thing, the reason that they didn't fire her first is because of the investigation. Uh, but mm-hmm. Is she is this the first person to be fired? Because usually they let they put them on leave with pay, so at least they well, fired. She's not the first. She isn't the first, but yeah, no. I, I agree. Yeah, it's it's not the they fired. it's not the norm. Let me say that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I still don't believe the story one bit. I don't believe her story at all. Uh, I hope she gets convicted.
Kelly Clarkson's show has been rumored for a long time. They have been kind of grooming her for her mm-hmm. own show for a very long People love her personality. And if you, I mean, I did Kelly Clarkson. Not trying to necessarily put her above Barbie one way or the other, but as far as television is concerned, and especially that slot that she would move uh-huh. into, um, mm-hmm. from a television perspective, I see this as a better fit. You know, no shade to Steve, but I see why they did it. Um yeah, I see why they did it. And Ellen is getting ready to retire. Like I think she's only got one season. That's why they've been started. They started to groom her for this specific spot. Like her content, even in the trials, have been aimed toward this specific slot. So mm-hmm. the demographic that they're reaching is not Steve's demo. They're reaching. They're mm-hmm. just targeting Ellen's demographic, and she's been reaching them. Isn't she on the Voice? She's the one on The Voice also, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, she's on The Voice. Yeah, so, like, I don't think this, she's on there this, this year, is a long game. Last year. Yeah, this is shout-out to her people. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is a very long game that the Clarkson team has been playing. So I'm not shocked, and I don't, I can't really find shade in this. This feels like biz to me. And a long he, – he I don't think he'll be shocked by this either, being 100. I don't think he's real shocked. He might play fist about it, but I don't think he's surprised. <laughs> I, I think he's shocked. I think he's shocked. I, I'm I, I was more shocked. I was more yeah, shocked because, when he got the show. So. Well, the re- and, you know, and the reason I, was, I say I was shocked is, go ahead. I'm sorry, Kel. No, I'm just saying I was more shocked when he got the show. So I, I mean, he had to go because <laughs> <laughs> he he got into oh. America, you know, got into America's homes, and he stayed there. So uh-huh. he crossed over this time. He did cross over. Yeah. I mean, kudos to Steve. I like Steve. I, that's like my yeah. one of my dad's favorite comedians, and I, you know, I like Steve, yeah. and I don't have a problem with him. I I hate to see him go, but yeah, Kelly, they've been kind of keeping her in front of everybody and letting her do little things. They've been. I I agree with you. They have been moving her into the talk show host um, mm-hmm. kind of for a while now, so they've been keeping her relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, beyond yeah, the I mean, music. Look, so. I feel like they had to do something because her music has not been very good. But um, no, I, I think that yeah, her music her music hasn't been good in a while. Um, and I, I'm I think what the the reason why I say I was shocked, I think that he was shocked is if you remember, this is what his first year. He remember he was filming in Chicago and he moved. Remember he moved his whole thing to L A for the yeah. purpose of better ratings um, because they could get better guests and all that stuff by being out in L A. And to me, from I didn't watch it a lot, but it seems like the get it seemed to me like the guests that they brought on the show were not very good, you know. They so, you know, yeah, okay, you know. Yeah, so a regular. I'm, I'm it was a regular. You said what? From what? I, you're talking about Steve Harvey show, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did a bunch of like regular people. You or I, for whatever <laughs> miracle reason, could have been guests. On Steve Harvey's show, you if the topic aligned right and our email hit the right people, you know we not saying you know not in the celebrity aspect like in the regular old Keita Willis, Winford Burns, Kel Johnson type space. Like you know, uh-huh. depending upon what the topic was, that's kind of what his guests were like. Whenever I would see, you know, yeah. promo for the show, there stuff. was never really a no, grabber no, guest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Feel good stuff. Wasn't a lot of it. So I mean, again, I yeah. I definitely I yeah. hope. That he, that he goes on another network, you know. So I do, because I mean he's he's you know he's still Steve. That's my guy. I like him. So 
I don't want to hear too yeah. many, too much relationship advice from him all the time, but you know, <laughs> that's totally different. That's not what we did. Yeah, I think so. he let that die down. He they ran him out. They ran him away from relationships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After look, after he made all that money, they did. So yeah, yeah after he made all the money. Um. All right. Next story. So. This one really was it just came up today, and so I know we didn't necessarily plan to talk about it. But what are your thoughts? I mean, Bill Cosby, three to ten, found guilty today. Um, yeah, three to ten, eighty-one. Bill Cosby, killed. What's your, what's, your, what's your thoughts? Bill Cosby, it's hard to not make let Bill Cosby be like pop out. So it's hard to hear that because. I mean, if he has to, I don't think they make him do the whole ten years. But mm-hmm. I mean, he'll he's probably gonna he might he's probably gonna pass away in jail, and that is tough yeah. um, for crimes that happened how long ago. I mean, it's not not to diminish anything any wrongdoing that he did. You never know where karma comes around, but to think it'll come around sixty years later. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. I feel I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him. Yeah. To be yeah. a a good icon like he was and to have to I mean, for your the last part of your legacy to be in prison is has to be tough. Has to be tough. Yeah. 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 Um, it it is unfortunate for his legacy. Um, it is unfortunate how the acts of the human can catch up to that of the character. And just yeah. unfortunately is how his cookie crumbles. You know, I don't really, considering that he is admitted to doing even a portion of what he's accused of, and he is now being held to justice for it, or called it however we want to phrase it, um, you know, it's kind of, considering the act, it's just really hard for me to, like, cry about it or be super upset. I think the, the the if anything, the sadness is for the legacy that he has um, or that he created. And for the people who have looked up to him as an icon to really have that visual of themselves, of that um, view of him shaken, that is, that is frustrating. I feel for his family and those who have supported him and all of that. But you know, we all grown, so yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So, my dad has a, my dad has a, my dad has a saying: do the yeah. crime, you do the time. Yeah. Um. So I yeah. So I like like somehow my life just said you hate to see it, but it it is what it is. Like, you know, don't be slipping Ugh. slipping drinks, slipping pills in people's drinks. Yeah, I mean, you know, I hate to see my my eighty one year old grandfather, but again, at the same time, you know, I have to counter that with, you know, what these other, what these women who he's assaulted have, you know, raped or had to go through. So, yeah. I feel, I do feel for his wife and his, you know, and his family, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, last story. Uh, we're going to end on a high note. On a high note. So, um, um, <laughs> black, black billionaire Robert F. Smith um, he just made $3 million, so uh, he is the owner of Vista Equity, the private equity firm, um, launched by uh, engineer and billionaire Robert F. Smith. 
They announced that they are selling a cloud service, their cloud service company um, that it purchased in 2016 uh, named Marketo to Adobe for $4.7 billion. That's the story. In May 2016, Vista Equity purchased Marketo for $1.8 billion. Uh, reports Forbes, and then within three years, Marketo's revenue grew over a hundred million dollars under Smith's leadership. Um, so, yeah, it says uh, Adobe is a leading provider of graphics and video software um, and services, and will incorporate Marketo into its Adobe Experience Cloud platform. Yeah, uh, that is. I mean, is he uh, amazing? Is he single? <laughs> 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 That's what's up. 
right, that's all <laughs> I got the news tonight. Yeah, that's all I got tonight's news. Of course, is brought to you by the Level Up Conference. Um, if you are ready to level up your faith, family, and finance, then you need to join us August 9th, 10th, and 11th of 2019 in Chicago, where we are putting on the Level Up Conference. Um, it's going to be a phenomenal two-and-a-half-day conference that you are going to get the best conference experience that you ever had, the best speakers, mm-hmm. the best experience, um, and, of course, we're going to have a whole lot of fun in the process. So go to www.levelupchicago.com uh, to get your to register and get your tickets. Again, it's www.levelupchicago.com to get your tickets. All right, tonight's first song is one of our from one of our favorites, uh, fan the Connect Man, uh, and this is his song called When I Want To. And after this, Kels is going to give us this week's Boop Nation Hot Topic. Uh, like she said, we said earlier, we're going to give you part two of last week's Hot Topic, so don't go anywhere. Uh, you're listening to the Scoop Radio Show again. This is When I Want To by Fan the Connect Man. After this song, we are going to get into our Hot Topic. Blonde. 
green the lane, but I win when I be wrong to. Connect on the purple and pink, I pump a sip when I want to. The game is so full of these lanes, got my brain going insane. I just campaign and maintain with it when I want to. Comedy specials and, and stand up that other women 
in in comedy have done uh, that she basically just read a script. Uh, and mm-hmm. I like and Kevin's response even to that part was that okay, even if she did read the script, she still had to make that character pop. She is still with her mm-hmm. action, still her ad lib. Uh, we recently yep. learned that a lot of uh, act, actors and actresses they get a, uh, a script and they make it their own. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not like she they told her what to do with the script. She read it, she made the character her own, and that kind of catapulted her success. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go to what's that? I'll go to Q first. What's your take on the response? I loved it. <clears throat> I y'all know I tend to prefer the the high road <laughs> when it comes to this kind of stuff, <laughs> and I think he did it, and he did it in a way that was not um, like he didn't run from the conversation, he didn't run from the conflict in it, but he did not um, participate in it to the degree where it tore anyone down. It was very truthful. Um, what he said regarding Cat and why he missed his particular time, he addressed that bitterness as to why he's projecting that onto all of these other people. We haven't heard from any of the people that he's supposedly vouching for. We're hearing from him, you know. And when and when Kevin broke down why he's not better positioned to do more than put these people on tour with him because that's essentially all Cat Williams can do. If he catches a tour, then he can have them open for him, but that's essentially the extent of what he can do. Um, and he said, that was all you play us? You know, that's what he essentially said, that was you. Yeah. You know, and yes, this industry has some quirks to it, but if you hustle, you can do what you need to do here. You know, and I, I a thousand, I appreciate that from him, um, because he had more than enough opportunity to go there with him, and he didn't. <laughs> and it was, and he still won because it was honest. You know what I mean? It was the truth. You can't really deny that. We all watched Cat be high as hell. He made his whole career off of getting high, and then he killed it getting high. You know, there's a balance you gotta have. <laughs> you know, you just you really you can't right. discredit what we've seen as of his. We've watched it happen, so you know. I was here for it. Good job. To both of them. To both of them. Go ahead, Wynn. What's your take on it? Um, so I thought I thought I liked the you know, I thought I liked that he spoke back. You know, he brought facts with his with his statement, you know, again, um, when he talked about, you know, the whole Netflix thing, like that's not true. You know, Netflix is not giving people deals based on, you know, the number of, you know, tickets sold, that's not true. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Tiffany does have a stand up, you know, but you know, so I mean he he, he brought he, he brought facts, which to me, um, yeah, to Q's point, it, it kinda elevated it from not just the you know, a put like when you're trying to go back and forth with him, but like look, put the ownership on you. You know, you were in the seat, you were on top and you blew it. And so, you know, so I appreciated that. Um yeah, I mean, I thought it was a very good comeback. I think, I think he he if you if you left that conversation with anything, I think you should have left it saying, "I need to check myself and make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do in order to if I say I want to get to a certain position." And I think, I think at the end of the day, that was that was the best. I do like how he he protected Tiffany. Um, yeah, and I do like the fact that. Don't see I like the fact that he's making sure that she now 
does for other people what got done for her. Like you got put on, now it's your time to put start putting other people on, and and he's doing that. So and she's doing that. So I thought it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, I, I definitely to the the, the Netflix um, conversation. I, I I really did like that he, you know, brought that up because everybody is everybody thinks they're a contract maker and a <laughs> business or what do you call mm-hmm. it, manager for Netflix since the whole Monique thing. Um, so I'm glad that he did did come out and say, you know, what it really was. I felt like he was really factual with it. I, I did like that he really was telling cats, you need to take responsibility for what happened to you. You know, even if there are some problems in the industry, why didn't you use your platform when you had that power? You had the power. And nobody was coming, you know, coming for you saying that you shouldn't be there. So I did I did like that he, he brought it around to where he was putting it back on Cat that he needed to take responsibility. I definitely like the fact that he was like he wanted to keep that Tiffany. You know, she got a couple of jumps in but uh <laughs> wanted uh to her for her to be able to uh stay poised and to be professional. And he was like, you know, talk about me. I don't mind if you talk about me. But don't talk about another black woman that's doing her thing in the industry. I'm glad that he mentioned that because people get so caught up in the beast, we don't even get back to just manners. Yeah. Like, shut mm-hmm. up. I would even, you know, don't even say that. Don't even bring anything up like that. So we yeah. all kind of agreed that Cat was on his soapbox and used the wrong. He just used it wrong. Uh, he messed up, but I think he's a little bitter. Uh, I am going to go to a, a comment from. Uh, one of the polls that I thought was a different take on it. So uh, she says, Cam's points were valid. If you have the power to make opportunities, then make them. But also, stand, but but I also stand by Cat's point. Everyone keeps focusing on the fact that he attacked Tiffany, but his point wasn't Tiffany. It was the favorite son, quote unquote, mentality of the industry. They put one black person on at a time, someone who they find uh, palatable for whatever reason, and they push that person above everyone else. Kat said, you can't get mad at Kermit the Frog, you got to get mad at Jim Henson. Uh, Kat is up right now. He got the push. If he's using it to pull others up, then yes, bro, get it. That doesn't change the fact that he's still benefiting from getting a push over other people who put in as much time as him. It doesn't negate the work he did to get there. It doesn't take away from his talent, but still. So that's kind of a a different take on it that I wanted to bring up. What do you guys think about that? About the, I guess that's kind of a, in a nutshell, uh, you know, get what's coming to you from the work that you put in. Yeah, I, I think, so I think that if I'm looking at the two of them, I think I have to also remember that, first of all, you're talking about two different audiences. The Cat Williams audience and the people who he has around him are a complete are not a you know a crossover type audience where like a Kevin Hart's real those types of people but they have more of a different type of audience than the Cat Williams and so I think the expectation of I think the expectation if you're expecting you know certain things from Cat Williams I just don't think that him and the people who are like him can are going to get those same types of opportunities because they're different comedians. They're different types of comedians. So, 
you know, and then so and if he wanted to do something different, then I think, you know, then yeah, okay. Um, in terms of, I don't think that Hollywood necessarily puts at this point. To me, it's not necessarily even about Hollywood putting you on or putting one person on at a time. I think right now their point was, and the point that he made was, stuff is different. So with social media and things like that, you can use your fame and your money to, you know, leverage social media to where they have to deal with you. And Mm -hmm. really, I mean, as you follow along, that's pretty much what Kevin has done. He's used social media and that type of attention to put himself in a position where now he's getting paid to produce. He's, you know, co-producing instead of just being an actor. Yeah, and Kevin is doing a lot. Kevin's doing yeah, a lot. Like, I, I was like, okay, does Kevin produce Breakfast Club or back them financially or something? Because they was talking about the chairs and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And asking for new laptops, you know, kind of jokes. But I'm like, okay, so is Kevin, you know, does he back the, even the Breakfast Club where they were doing the interview? So Kevin Tennis is doing a lot of more stuff than we know. We don't even know all the stuff that he's doing. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the. Uh, now that's funny series on HBO. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Like Kevin Hart. That's his last hour. I know. Tour. And some of those people yeah. I think are coming up on the have been at ICE. Have great stages. ICE that have uh, three of them. Three out of the four I've seen have been at ICE. So. Yep. And you he know, out the Kevin, I, you know, I just want to give Kevin his props. I feel like he's the type of person that can use this platform and is using it how he needs to use it. I just do not get with the whole tearing, you know, people down when you all, you could all be at the top. So we're going to let me make show you. Look at this. Look at this. So, Kel, you also got to look at, so in, let's just, since, since 2000 and, let's, let's say 2012, night mm-hmm. school, Jumanji, Central Intelligence, Ride Along, Get Hard, Along for the Ride, Think Like a Man, Secret of Pies, The Wedding Ringer, About Last Night, um, Think Like a Man 2, Captain Underpants, Top Fives. Like, these are all movies that he has been in. Since, so, I mean, he's he grinding, period. Yeah. He's grinding. He grinded. I think that's where he grinded. He grinded. So I respect that. I respect the grind. I respect the hustle. You know, and you know, again, now, now I won't, I will not dismiss the fact that it took a while to get there for both. You know, I won't, I won't take that away from him or from anybody else because you know, it's a, it's a cost. It takes a long time to get anything done. To get anything right. worth having. It takes a minute yeah. to get there. Because um, yeah. you mentioned his, the, what Kevin is doing, like, behind the scenes, and that's the question as far as the hustle that you put in, you know, equaling the, the, the results that you get. That that right there is proof to it. There is so much right. that is being done that we don't know anything about. And I don't know if you guys remember when the, the crossover was happening for him, when the level up happened for Kevin Hart, when he started being more than – Say it with your chest, Kev, you know, and he started to become, you know, he, he got into the movies and the movies that weren't always targeted to us. 
and you know, mm-hmm. but we're still you happen to go see them. We're hilarious. You know, he was still producing yeah. quality content. If you did not box him into that, you know, say it with the chest guy, you, you know, that type of comic, then you could grow with his, you know, with his comedy. And you could see where he is right now and not be surprised by it. But I think that was also what kind of got Cat off of his square. He expected to be the pimp everywhere for all time mm-hmm. and that be okay. You can't play mm-hmm. a character everywhere all the time and that lasts. So, and you know, he's got a lot of, he needs a therapist. <laughs> Cat needs a therapist because Kevin just kind of grew him up, you know, kind of grew him real, real quick. Yeah. You know, in a, in a Breakfast Club yeah. interview. It's, it's true. It's, it's just, I, you can't deny the hustle that man is going Cat need to stop acting like he ain't had a nervous breakdown or stuff. Like, Cat, you was out there. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what that's that whole I mean, you know, a couple things happened to make you fall off. So it wasn't like you got pushed down or held back. I'm glad that you said you was that man. You were there. Like, we saw it. We all witnessed it. And you could have been right there along with everybody else and, and helped them get on. Now, I would say, I don't know if y'all saw uh, Big Les's. Leslie Jones, her her response. Did y'all see oh, that? Yeah, I saw. I saw, I saw it mentioned. I didn't so, read it in detail. I got the gist. Well, she basically she basically said that she didn't want. She said uh, that Kevin. She didn't appreciate Kevin uh, having her uh, his lips on her either. And she basically said neither one of them need to have their lips on her if they not pleasure in her. Yeah. I'm trying to say yeah. in a nice yeah. way, but we all know yeah. she's crazy. But, um, I think she, you know, she threw a couple of shots that she didn't think that uh, Kevin really. helped her. Yeah. yeah. That they, she, she you know, she was like, they don't give respect to women comedians that they should. And even if that does, even if that, you know, is going on or that did go on, the 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 relationship, and you can tell the partnership that he has with Tiffany right that uh, Kevin has with Tiffany right now shows you that even if he wasn't doing it, before he's doing it now, so mm-hmm. you know instead of instead That's of hanging out, instead of being mad, reach out to Kevin and be like, "Hey, I want to do such a thing." I mean, I don't understand this whole. I just can't see myself being up there at the top and be trying to beef with somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm yeah, I, I know. That. I'm gonna say, and I, I was I was surprised. So two things that that was were interesting too that since you kind of went this direction, Kev was. Do you remember the exchange a little bit between Kevin and Tiffany about her being paid less than him? And and so that I thought was interesting because he made a comment about how um, women are doing, you know, are getting paid better. And she was like, well, technically I should have got paid, you know, almost as much as you did on this movie. And, you know, so they kind of had a, a moment. They laughed it off, but... <laughs> Yeah, she she threw it out there, you know, and you know he yeah. had mm-hmm. a problem, you know, with somebody who's basically bigger than me getting paid more than me. Um, but yeah. you know, you can tell she still needed to at least say, I, "I was I was glad she said it." If that's how she felt, that look, I do think I should have, you know, made as much as you in this film and I, in, you know, in night school, and I didn't. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. That was interesting too. I think Les, just going back on what you mentioned on, on her, Leslie, she's had a rough go at this comedy thing. And she is hilarious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in the movies that she's been in, the roles that she, 
her role, and I, I was irritated with the way they wrote her character in Ghostbusters, but I have to say she played the hell out of that role. Um, the movie, the moves that she's great, you know, the moves that she's made while in her moment, she is really good. And I think the the way that society packages success has made it really rough for her. So to see her respond while Kevin was on his I'm caping for my sisters, us black people got to stick together box. To her, for her to come back and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where was all of this? Keep the same energy, <laughs> you know. Right. It, it was very yeah. interesting to me because she's had a lot, and she's probably another one that needs to be on a couch. However, she keeps hers more. She doesn't go looking for opportunities like Cat Williams did in this particular situation, and I think she would have more uh, validation being on a soapbox than Cat Williams would at this particular point. She's done right. nothing but it is good work up until now. People just don't necessarily like the way she looks all the time. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, and it's like like you said, she we probably could empathize more with her because mm-hmm. we know. She, Everybody knows she's been discriminated against or she's had it harder because of the way she looks. Yep. But yep. on one hand, she used the way that she looked, that she's not a conventional beauty. She used that as part of her joke. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can't like and say that, you know, people don't want to hire me because of the way I look when you use that. As part of, I mean, you, you, you know, you was out there wearing the spike, you know, the spike, uh, when she had the mohawk going, I mean, you know, you made yourself look. That has become. <laughs> I, I think that has become her thing. For them to know, you what? know, if someone peeks on you about something so bad, at some point you say, "Forget it. I'm not gonna be the victim no more. I'm gonna laugh about it." Like Eminem, Eight Mile. When he made the jokes in the laugh, and he ended up winning the freestyle right. because he split the white boy thing. If she was gonna get seen at all, she had to get past that block that the people were. Yeah, I know I'm big. I know I'm, you know what I mean? Yes, but I'm funny as hell. Listen to me. So she didn't really, I think she didn't really have much of a choice but to use that for them to listen to her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, and she's done good, but I, I'm, you know, again, just people have to be real with themselves. But I guess I would probably take the opportunity for my name to be out there to say, hey, Kev, so you said yep. all this on the Breakfast Club. How about what's the next project you got? To, can you do this with me? Can you get me here? I guess I would have taken that approach to it, and then maybe Agreed. said something to him after I made that deal. You know, maybe said something about that. You got a little further about yeah, you know, there was some validation to what both people said. Um, but again, I mean, she, you know, she was been herself, and she probably had, like she said, she had a sore spot. She don't feel like she didn't feel like they really nobody really. Just pulled her up, you know. I'm sure she feels mm-hmm. like she had to fight for that, but I'm like, well, she said, that's, no, that's not a. She named the guys. She named the guys' names, the writers' name, and she was like, and both of these guys are white. So, what y'all talking about? Yeah. the two guys. So she named the names. She named the names. Like, no, nah, that wasn't these. Are, these are two white guys who took you, who helped me. So, what y'all talking about? Yeah. yeah. So, but I do think. I, I do think that it does validate Cat Williams, part of Cat Williams' point that, you know, because initially at the end of his point, his point was they overlooked, you know, after his misinformation about, I guess, Tiffany being married to a white guy, whatever, he, he comes back and says 
that really what this is about is they took somebody who's light-skinned and put it over somebody that's dark-skinned, or they put somebody who looks the way that they think people should look, a woman should look, and push them over people who have talent because they're dark-skinned. And so, I mean, it sounds to me like she did, she validated his point. Uh, well, okay, I guess my thing is Tiffany Haddish, to me, is more of a a common thing. I don't see her as that she used her looks to get where she's going. I don't see that. I mean, I she's a pretty either. lady, but she's not I like either. a... I don't, I don't you think know, so you gotta, I don't hey, think You just got to admit it. She's not like a, a Naomi Campbell, even Gabrielle mm-hmm. Union. Rod Carey, Holly Berry, I mean, they are stunning, stunning beauty. So Tiffany is like your homegirl with her makeup done. I Mm -hmm. mean, I just, I don't get that that they picked Tiffany because of the way she looks. I feel like she might have caught a break, you know, but she wasn't even, her looks weren't outshining any of them in the movie. It was her character, what she did with that character. Made that character lovable. As ratchet as she was, she still was lovable. Everybody can relate that to that ratchet friend or even a ratchetness in themselves. That's what she saw. I just don't believe the whole hype that she light skinned and, you know, got a pass. She doesn't she just doesn't come off as that conventional beauty or amazing beauty. Um, he looks like that y'all. Me, that's What'd you say? Tiffany Haddish looks like any homegirl that you or I grew up with, hung out with at the cafeteria. There's nothing amazingly beautiful about Tiffany Haddish until she gets her face beat and they put her in a gown that we may or may not have seen a couple times before. <laughs> you know, like so I don't I think that was like a that was low key two shot. There's that wasn't she's talented and you cannot deny that yeah. she's talented. You know, that's, right. that's just it. She's talented, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but what do you think? What? How can we translate this into, you know, the everybody's realm? How can we make this a universal um, thought or I don't know value or practice of what Kevin Hart is saying? How can we get to that point to where we can make that? We need to make that the norm instead of the beating up. Even if you want to get on your on your soapbox about what is in Hollywood, how can we get past having to bring our brothers and sisters down to make them punish? So either one of y'all, y'all can jump in. I mean, I think we just, gotta, we just have to keep doing it. I think you just have to keep doing it and keep saying, look, this is a, you know, there's a, we just got to keep talking, talking it out. Like, look, it's, it's, this, is, this is not a small, limited pie that only five of us can, you know, got to split. There is enough for all of us. So let's treat this like that. So, and then begin to leverage each other's, you know, get things, period. Like, I think if we can, if we continue to do it, we continue to tell the story, we continue to let people see that we, that just because, um, and I'm just, you know, using this, that elegance by design blows up doesn't mean that all of a sudden, you know, Q's not going to turn around and help somebody else or, you know, or same thing. I mean, it's it's what we do now. Like us as our our circle of, of you know, we do that now. And I, we just have to keep talking about it, keep letting people understand the the benefits of doing it to the point where they start to see. Wait a minute, all of them came up. This works. 
Yep. I was going to agree exactly with Wednesday. We are doing it right now. And as we grow, that example can be shared. Like, you, example is the best way to do it. We can write 59,000 motivational posts, but if the people who know us and interact with us know that we talk about each other behind each other's backs, we bringing each other's businesses down and not supporting like that is what would show ten times over the tag posts and however many times people connect us with our outlet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to be able to genuinely support and uplift each other, that that's contagious. You can't really talk down that bad about people supporting each other. Like how do you right. say it on the other side of that? Now I'm gonna just be over here. I'm all me, just me by myself. Why are we talking about Kevin Hart? Like you know what I mean? That's, that's the kind of right. position you put yourself in. That's not not a good spot. Yeah. Ain't where you want to be. And I just to, to kind of wrap it up. I know we we're running out of time. Um, yeah, I mean exactly what both of you said. I agree. But I I just want to add if you do when you do get to that platform, those of us because I know we have an immense circle of people that are so talented and are going after their dreams right now. I right now I put some of my closest friends and circle of friends like we're gonna be like the cast in uh, what was that? Um, oh my gosh, the best man. You remember how in mm-hmm. the, I always picture that kind of in the back of my mind when I try to get my friends motivated or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's going to be us. That's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, Q at the, uh, I'm going to be at Fashion Week. Q going to be there with her products doing the hair out of power. You know, just things like that. Yep. We're mm-hmm. going to be us there with his line and, and, and interviewing people. You know, you just don't know. But mm-hmm. what I know what mm-hmm. I would do as even for the scoop for us, if somebody comes on the show mm-hmm. and they start to to belittle anybody that's mm-hmm. a part of our culture, stop it. Yeah, we don't you know, do we that. All, we have, the power. We have yeah. the power to change every conversation that we had, every situation that we're in, every conversation that we had. If anybody comes on the show and they start to belittle anybody that's in the industry that you know, um, and, and if you don't know them, just stop it. Read track that statement, read, you know, uh, strategize, move it to something else. I wouldn't even let Cat have that rant. So that's something I I charge myself with. I charge my fellow co-hosts. I charge Ricky Smiley, them, all of this. <laughs> Steve Harvey, Oprah. If you have somebody on your show, Ripley Club, and they start to belittle somebody, it won't happen on this show. Y'all take y'all, y'all have y'all beef on something else. You know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. that's one way. We could do it, and everybody's have to take the responsibility and just fight beef one beef at a time. <laughs> but that is all mm-hmm. that we have. Yes. Preach, Phil. Preach a word. Preach a word. I can't say on that one, though. But uh, the <laughs> the hot topic is brought to you every Tuesday by Curvy Kitten. Uh, you can find us at www.curvykittens.com. You can use the coupon. Code KK New for a ten percent discount. That is capital K, capital K, N E W for a ten percent discount. And so it's time for some more music. And this song is "My Way" by Trey Ward. So stay tuned. We have our interview up next. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
trying to find a way to forget about your face. I keep on coming back to you. That fucking fight it ain't gon' do. So take the hand and see with me and get loose. The, 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 round and round, baby, dip it down. Bring it back, you got a lot back door, baby, bring it my way. Da, 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 round and round, baby, dip it down. Step away, baby, bring it back, you got a lot back door, baby, bring it my way. Baby, bring it my way. Baby, bring it my way. Baby, bring it all my way. Baby, bring it my way. Baby, bring it my way. Baby, bring it up my way. Yeah. Baby, let me work it to the side, yeah, yeah. You know you ride that pie like a bike. You know you got that wet, oh, you thought it was a tide. I can beat it up like deep, but we can take it outside, yeah, yeah. yeah For sure, yeah. I had to bring it my way. From Dallas to L.A., all summer I get paid. Waist always curve, your mama get all the praise. Your hips like Thanksgiving, then I put it on the plate, yeah, yeah. Pockets heavy, sorry for the way, yeah, yeah. Sorry that we late, I had to bake the cake, yeah, yeah. Promise that I never do you dirt, put you first. I got plans for you to put that ass to work, but can you... Can you bring it my way? Can you bring it my way? Baby, bring it all my way. Can you bring it my way? Can you bring it my way? Round and round, baby, dip it down. Step away, baby, bring it back. You got a lot back door, baby, bring it my way. <laughs> baby, bring it my way. Baby, bring it my way. Baby, bring it all my way. Baby, bring it my way. Baby, bring it my way. Baby, bring it all my way. All right, all right. That was Trey Ward with My Way. I like that song. That's my little, I guess, my little reggaeton. Yeah. Watch on that Ducky song, Watt. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I never remember that song until that beat drops, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. All right, so. Got to get my interviewer voice on now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so for those of you who don't know, this is our main topic portion of the show, and it is always brought to you by Elegance by Design, where healthy, where healthy hair and skin is our priority, but a beautiful you is always our specialty. You can get your products at www.elegancebydesign.com. All right, this evening we are super excited to uh, bring on an interview um, 
a state senate representative for she's a state senate candidate for Michigan, and I'm going to go ahead and give you her information so that we can go ahead and get into the good questions. All right. <clears throat> Um, Jeanette Schipper is a progressive Democrat Latina running for state senate in Ottawa County. Jeanette was born in Lansing and grew up just blocks from the state capitol. Her parents had limited education and disabilities, and because of their poverty, Jeanette learned about the importance of community and nonprofits at an early age. Her family would receive groceries from food pantries and waited long lines to receive government food. Jeanette received free lunches from the Salvation Army during the summer months and vouchers for winter coats and boots during the winter. Because Jeanette's family moved a lot while she was growing up, she attended many schools and has lived in both inner city and rural communities. Her father passed away from lung cancer shortly after she turned 11, and this loss resulted in Jeanette being a ward of the state. More moves followed, and she lived with her grandmother, relatives, and friends along the way. One of these moves brought Jeanette to live with relatives in Zealand for a short period of time, and then later to a family in Holland Heights in the Holland Heights neighborhood where she lived between the ages of 12 and 17. At 17, Jeanette was emancipated, and she finished her senior year of high school living with friends and working at local fast food restaurants. After graduating from Holland High School, she went to attend Michigan went to attend Michigan University and Davenport University. While at MSU, Jeanette participated in a demonstration at the state capitol where legislators were making decisions on student aid. Little did Jeanette know then that she would one day desire to return to the state capitol as a legislator. Jeanette became a mother at a young age, and before long, um, before long, Jeanette and her daughter left an abusive relationship in South Sanctuary at the Center of Women in Transition. She slowly rebuilt her life, and uh, only two and a half years after leaving the security of the Center of Women in Transition, Jeanette purchased her own home. Jeanette has worked in banking, real estate, appraising, mental health, and higher education. She is a fierce advocate for mental health rights and is on the advisory board for the Lakeshore Clubhouse. She is a member of the Faith Leaders for Justice and works hard for her community to include all people regardless of their faith, religious background, race, culture, or sexual orientation. Without further ado, Scoop Nation, I would like to uh, like to introduce to you Jeanette Shipper. How are you this evening? Hello. I am doing great. Thank you. Yeah, we are hey, so happy. Hello. <laughs> that was, that Thank you for like, for uh, inviting me like, here tonight. <laughs> You're so welcome. Anytime. You're so welcome. Anytime. Well. Go ahead, Wayne. I know you were good. I didn't want to catch you off. Go ahead. Oh no, it's very. It was very. It's very good to have you. Thank you. All right. So I've given uh, a portion of your bio, and I want you to, I know our listeners are eager to hear your issues and what caused you to, uh, what motivated you to run for state senate there in Michigan. So I want to hush for a moment and uh, let you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you want us to know, and why you're running. Yes, well. Thank you for giving me this platform to to share. Um, you you know you have a you just shared some of my background and really um, mental health is really a passion of mine and is a main reason why I'm involved in this um, running. So there's a story that I want to share with you and it's actually a story about a young man, uh, a young 16 year old from the Lansing area, who in 2016 went to his mother and had said to his mother that he was 
experiencing suicidal ideation and that he had um, uh, was feeling a lot of sadness. So his mother brought him to the community mental health center and he shared with the community mental health center that he was experiencing suicidal ideation. He shared with them that he had a plan and an intent. They told his mother to send him to the emergency room, that they could not treat him or care for him there at community mental health, and he needed to go to the emergency room. She took him to the emergency room. He told them of his suicidal ideation, his plan, and his intent. And they told his mother to go home and call the family care doctor, your PCP. So mother grabbed her child, she went home doing what every mother would do, trying to see help, seek help for your child, follow the instructions of the people that are telling you what to do, and she brought her son home. Within 24 hours, that young man had acted out on his suicidal ideation. He acted out on the plan, and his intent to commit suicide was successful. 16 mm. years old. This story sticks with me because I was in the position of that mother in 2015 trying to get care for my child. And while my story does not end up as tragic as this other mother's, I understand and resonate being experiencing this helpless feeling, and you go to the professionals thinking you're going to receive help. You are in a crisis, and you reach out. So we did that. We were with the therapist and the psychiatrist, and we've done hospitalizations, and we've gone to the emergency rooms, and only to be turned away. Um, and I can found myself bumping up against a brick wall, in a sense, that um, I had these benefits on my health insurance plan. I had the top-of-the-line health insurance, and we couldn't access those benefits. They considered um, what we were seeking, mental health care, not medically necessary. That's all they have to do yeah. to deny you yeah. is call it not medically necessary. So while I was appealing this, I then had to, I had to pick up my child from college because she was no longer safe to be there. And that emergency room um, where she was at school would not keep her. And the school said she's wow. not safe. So I went, grabbed my child, brought her home, and began to pursue additional care and treatment for my daughter. And this is where I became very upset. Um, we, I reached out to news outlets. I appealed the insurance. And ultimately, I ended up mortgaging my home so that my child could get the adequate treatment that she needed, which we do not have here in Michigan. And so I had to send my child out of state to Wisconsin to be able to get the treatment that she needed, which was a longer-term care. Um, I'm happy to say that my daughter is, um, she is alive. She's doing well. She's not self-harming. There are so many positives, and um, not everybody can experience that kind of a story that I am. You know, mm -hmm. so this, this young man, Ian, who was 16, who had committed suicide, his mom was seeking the help, just like I was seeking the help. And what I want to do is be able to remove obstacles for people. So this is really why I'm running. I really want to lead Michigan in Mental Health Initiative. This is my passion, 
is to be able to speak truth to power. I want to be able to make it easy for individuals to seek help, uh, or I should say to file um, a complaint when they're feeling that they have been um, discriminated against due to mental health issues um, when it comes to receiving their care and when it comes to accessing their um, mental health services on their insurance plans. That is one thing that I feel that I can do is begin to um, um, be this, uh, in a sense, a lifeline, an advocate here at the state level that will help um, hold these places accountable and then be, be able to provide additional funding, be able to help create legislation that um, makes it illegal to turn people away, um, create legislation that makes um, um, access easier, that helps remove obstacles for people. Um, so as you can see, I, I'm very passionate about mental health, and I could talk about this for quite a while, but I I believe that we need somebody in um, Lansing that has this kind of passion, that can spread a mm -hmm. vision there, and that can um, – and, and passions can be contagious, and people can get excited about moving in a direction that is helpful and good, um, and they just need somebody to cast that vision, and I, I feel like I'm that person. So let me ask. So, uh, so uh, my question would be, um, what types of, and I ask this from a place of not understanding this part of the system well enough. What types of um, legislation would need to be put in place in order for that not to happen again, for this to be accomplished? I mean, what kind of, yeah, what, what do we what what needs to be right. because I know those the industries you just named off you just named off insurance and I know they have the yes. huge lobby you just named off you yep. know how how what kind of things need to be put in place that they would not block um, or you know lobby against and yeah what what, what how do we do that. Sure. Well, certainly the insurance companies more than likely will be lobbying against legislation that I would put forth because um, in all reality, unless they want, unless they are advocating for actually providing services for people, they mm -hmm. have been in this business of, of profit. And I, um, and this is at such an unhealthy level that we are putting profits over people. And so I want to be able to at least stabilize that. Um, the legislation that I see is, um, number one, it's the, I feel, the accountability piece. So right now we have something that's already in place called the federal parity law, um, which um, says that insurance companies must offer um, at equal mental health and substance abuse care as they do your physical body. And they do uh -huh. offer it. Accessing it is completely different. People um, that try to access their mental health and substance abuse um, services on their health insurance are denied at twice the rate than somebody accessing their physical health insurance. Um, so those are things that um, we need to be able to address because right there is a, that is discrimination. So in order to prove discrimination, we need to collect the information. So part of holding those accountable is, um, you know, you gather the information, you present it to to these corporations, you give them a chance to change their ways. And if they choose not to change their ways, then that's where we bring in, um, you know, definitely want to be, bring in the legislation piece, um, I, I should say, as well as as talking with these corporations. We want them to obviously um, act in good, good favor. But the legislation mm -hmm. piece is definitely about um, highlighting 
the the barriers and removing those barriers. And part of that is mm-hmm. um, an anti-discrimination um, clause that we need to put in place that um, that really does hold these places accountable because we do have a federal parity law, but nobody is uplifting it. Um, so that's part of the issue right now. That's a huge part of the issue right now. Okay. And then, of course, so I, when it comes to with parts of legislation, I, there's, um, you know, decriminalizing mental health and substance abuse. That is huge because right now we have so many people sitting in the prisons um, be, because they, they are in prison because they have untreated mental health or untreated substance abuse, when really that money, which is approximately $35,000 per person um, mm-hmm. per year that we're paying for somebody to sit in jail rather than investing that money into facilities they could actually treat those folks get them in get them treated and help them reclaim their lives and help them um, go back into society and contribute to the economy and um, and really be become um, whole people um, again to to the best of their abilities okay so um I know you talked about legislation, and we know that can take some time. So right. is there something that people can do now? To Is it just the appeal process, or is there some other tip that you can give someone right now to say, hey, if we're running this right now, this is what you can do to help your person or to help yourself right now? Right. So um, when it comes to mental health services, obviously if you're having a, a mental health crisis, um, and then this is where most of the obstacles really come is when you're having the crisis um, and you're getting denied in the midst of that crisis. We definitely want to make sure that you're calling your legislator, letting them know um, that you are being um, denied your services, whether it's at a hospital, whether it's your health insurance. I believe reporting it to the legislator so they can start keeping track of this um, is going to be very important. Um, appealing with your insurance companies um, is the biggest, you know, you have to do that, but it's so time consuming. Um, and when people are in the middle of a crisis, it's really hard to focus on um, this paperwork that was, is really, really like um, a research paper. And I had to go through the appeals process um, and even try to find somebody to advocate for me um, between myself and the insurance company um, because it's, it's like how much more can, of um, uh, proof can you show that your loved one is sick um, and they still yeah. say no um, when it really comes down to the dollars. So I really think at this point it's imperative that we are contacting your local representative um, to be able to share the obstacles that you're facing when it comes to um, your mental health, receiving those treatments um, when you are being denied. Thank you. It's very good information. Um, I want to move to one of your other issues that um, I think has really affected. We're here in Oklahoma. Kells and I um, are here in Oklahoma, and I'm sure you've probably been made aware of the drama that we have had. I'm going to call it a crisis that we have here in Oklahoma with our public education system. And as I was reviewing your website, I realized that, Quality public education is also um, an issue that your platform has. So I really wanted to hear what your thoughts were as far as how 
you are different from your competition as far as your support for public education. Right now, Michigan is ranked 36 out of 50. I think Oklahoma is right there at 46. So we're 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 Ooh. kind of cousins as far as yeah, we're it's not a good look for us either. So I feel your passion on this. As a parent, I've got three children myself. Um, Winford has a child, and Kels loves many, many nieces and nephews. So she, we all have, and she's also in education, period. So we all have a vested mm-hmm. interest in education. So we're very interested in what your thoughts are and how you could change that view for Michigan, um, Michiganers <laughs> and, and, and the country long term. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, first of all, we, we definitely need to get um, Democrats elected because right now across the board, the Republican agenda truly is to gut our public education system um, so that they can move towards privatizing. And they gut it by uh, defunding it. And they've been defunding it for years. They've been actually um, bringing uh, these legislations um, and policies to the table that actually um, bind teachers and what they're able to do with their own bargaining rights. They tried to, here in Michigan, they tried to re, um, hold teachers' pensions. Um, the hmm. very things that they're doing to teachers, wow. number one, makes people not want to go into teaching right now. So they're trying. Hmm. They're having a hard time finding teachers um, at this very moment. The way that we've spoken about teachers in our public education has always been this negative, negative um, connotation. And our, and our teachers are feeling that. They're feeling like they are worthless, yet at the same time, they know um, what they are worth in the classroom, that these, these children that are looking up to them um, are absorbing everything that these teachers are giving them. They're giving them, not only are they giving them knowledge, they're giving them passion, they're giving them patience, they're giving them, um, some are giving them clothes and food, and, yeah. and you name yeah. it, teachers are there doing so much. Um, that we aren't doing um, because we're at work and the teachers are there spending the time with our children. As far as what Mm -hmm. I would do is I'm currently, I am endorsed by the Michigan Education Association. And I believe in uh, definitely protecting our public funds strictly for public education. So part of the um, gutting of our, our education system has come in a couple different ways. One way has been by um, moving money from the general fund. I'm sorry, by moving money from the education fund and transferring it to the general fund, uh, legislators were able um, to use that for other things that they would like to use it for um, that mm. has nothing to do with education. It can be used for their projects. It can be used for um, wherever they want to put these monies. Um, something there is, you know, think about it, Flint, um, anything. They can use this money. Once it goes into the general fund, it is general use. Um, so they've been transferring that um, regularly. The second thing is with this new budget that has been passed, and um, we have approximately $4.5 million Michigan public tax dollars will be going to for-profit charter schools this, um, in this um, uh, next fiscal cycle. Now, that's $4.5 million, wow. or was that $4.1 million? $4.5 million that um, our teachers could be using for, think about that, supplies, or even being able to have um, upgrades in their um, schools, or so some of these schools aren't, fall, or aren't falling apart. 
There's so much that that money could be used for, but we are now giving that to schools that can literally make a profit off from our tax dollars. Um, Mm -hmm. So making sure that our tax, our public dollars stay in our public education system is priority number one for me. Um, Making sure that our schools are adequately and equitably funded is another priority. In in that funding, we need to be able to start including um, new budgets. We need to expand and increase the budget for our education so that each school has a social worker. We need social workers. We need psychologists. We need nurses. I've been out talking to folks, and I heard that in our area we had one nurse that traveled around to different schools, and they've had to teach That nurse had to teach the secretary how to give an insulin shot to a child in the afternoon because that nurse is not in that school in the afternoon. Now, that secretary did not sign up to give insulin shots to be a nurse. This is absolutely ridiculous that we are now having um, staff doing nursing jobs, doing medical jobs. These are things that are, if something were to ever happen, I can't imagine how horrible, how bad that 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 person would feel. And that's not what they're trained in doing. So we need to make sure that there are nurses, there are psychologists, there are social workers. I really do believe that we have to look at our children as holistic beings and not just as these um, these brains that we, they're there in school and we just solely academically focus on their intellect. I believe we need to focus on their emotional intellect as well, and that's something that's been missing as part of the curriculum. I really do believe that we integrated emotional um, intellect into our academic systems uh, and have professionals that can teach this and not adding another layer to the teachers, but actually adding that into another subject, um, that we could actually be, we could have adults 18-year-olds graduating from high school that know how to problem-solve their own internal conflicts and also know how to problem-solve across the aisle um, and become great negotiators and great in people that can actually communicate rather than be divisive. I really think we need to um, look at our children as holistic human beings and not just the brain. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yes. So as a let me here here and I know you and I have personally talked a little bit about this. Um so I, this is a softball. Um okay. how do you as a Democrat, a conservative area, um and a person of faith work within this context to get yourself to for both people on both sides of the aisle to see mm-hmm. your issues is not as a democratic solution, right? But as a solution that's good for Ottawa County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's really good because we do have preconceived ideas. We already have the teams that we want to play on. And yeah. we already know who we're going to cheer for, um, win or lose. And right. breaking through that type of mentality, because it is very much um, binary thinking, um, to really get to values, I think is what's really important. 
And so that's really, you know, I'm jumping into this um, because I'm seeing my values not being represented. I'm seeing my voice not being represented, which is really, mm-hmm. um, in a sense, um, kind of a crazy thing to say as we live in a Christian community that my values weren't being represented. Um, but they, they're not in, um, so we, we have currently a group or our current leaders tend to be more focused, or I should say our current representatives tend to be more focused on, um, money, economy, and corporate well-being. And, um, and I believe we need to have a balance because currently we have folks that are being left behind. We have the most marginalized and vulnerable individuals that are being left behind. Their services are, are being cut. Their health care, um, their education is um, at stake. Their, their food, um, their jobs, there's so much that is at stake. Um, and literally their family life because people are being, families are being ripped apart. Um, for me, when I think about what do I value, um, I value, I value people. I value my family. I can't imagine somebody ripping my family apart um, for any reason. And to see that happen to somebody else because um, that hasn't committed a crime um, but lacks documentation uh, mm-hmm. I, I I can't believe that we would do that or that we have children that have been brought here um, to the United States uh, with no say in their, in that and grow up as this only land, only community, only friends that they know only be threatened to be um, sent to a country that they truly have no ties to any longer. Um, mm-hmm. Some of these things just did not resonate with my understanding um of the Bible, my understanding of Christianity, um, of, of all of these, these stories of the Good Samaritan and, and the stories of um, the woman at the well and, um, you know, the story mm-hmm. of Jesus and serving and washing one another's feet, um, feeding the hungry, uh, visiting the imprisoned, clothed the naked. I mean, how, how did we get to a point where we value corporations and money over these um, – these biblical values that we say is a community value here in West Michigan. Um, So honestly, I I took a year off from church (laughs) after the 2016 election because I had to reconcile some of that. Mm. Mm. And um, um, at the same time, I was diving into theology. So um, I was growing like, like crazy inside. Um, and I just needed to quiet the outside noise. And I think that's why I really needed to be away from the church at that point. For me, the church was that outside noise. Um, and just getting closer to God and listening to what God is saying to me as I dive into um, learning and theology and God's word. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I bring, I bring the basics, the foundation of what we have in our community. Um, at the same time, I expand that that um, I don't believe in a, um, a, a type of faith that is a, a superiority-led faith. I believe one that's an inclu- inclusive faith, that, um, that, that humanity across the board is valued, and we're all created in God's image. Um, so if I see anyone that is being oppressed or pushed out of our society, you know, those are the people that Jesus went to go and meet, the people that were outside the wall. 
Um, and so that's really what I feel called to do is elevate and lift those voices up um, and, and bring humanity to them. Um, they're not illegal. They're human beings. They're not um, uh, sinful abominations. They're human beings. Um, you name um, rapist murderers, you name the, the rhetoric that's out there um, trying to dehumanize people. No, these are human beings, and I want to bring that voice back, a voice of compassion into policies. Um, so, yeah, coming to, to this as, in a, in a dem, as a Democrat, running on a Democratic ballot, um, I, they happen to be the party at this moment whose values are aligning with my values, and I actually believe are more Christian values um, than what this current Republican Party is standing for. And, um, but if the Democratic Party was behaving this way, I would be calling the Democrat Party out, and I would not be aligning myself um, with that party. I would want to make sure that I am elevating people. Um, people are the most important. Um, so gaining votes, I think a lot of people are getting this message. Um, a lot of people um, that do know me know that I'm a, a, um, a person of faith and heart and compassion. I've lived that um, for, I became a Christian when I was about 23, 24, right in there. And I've been living that mm-hmm. out my whole life. So I've, I've led women's groups. I've done um, um, testimonies in church. I've helped in the with the youth. I've led Bible studies and in small groups been a part of. And there's so much that I've um, been a part of that has lived out my faith um, and community mm-hmm. organizing um, that people know who I am. And I think there's this level of trust that's there that I've taken this next step into um, mm-hmm. running on a platform, um, the Democratic platform. And I have Republican voters, that Republican people um, that are voting for me. I have people that have always been a conservative um, that know me, know my heart, and said, I am, I am so happy to vote for you. I had a pastor call me up after the, um, oh, what was it, the, in August, um, the primaries. Mm-hmm. And he said, I just wanted to let you know what joy it brought to my heart to fill in that little bubble by your name. And I tell you something, that was just really, really cool to hear, have him call me up and say that. Yeah, that's definitely a oh, good wow. moment. So do, do us a favor, um, let people know, yeah. so we got to wrap it up, how they can follow yeah. you, and if you got have any events coming up, um, how we can hear more yeah. of your your platform. Sure. Okay. So um, you can follow me on Facebook, Jeanette Skipper. Um, is my Facebook Senate page, and if you, that's usually where a lot of updates are. But if you go to my website, which is uh, www.jeanette, for Senate, that's F-O-R-S-E-N-A-T dot com. If you go to my website, you can number one um, check out my video. I have a video there. Share it. It's a three-minute video. It's amazing. Um, you can find out where I'm going to be, when I'm going to be there. I have a mental health forum coming up in Holland on October 10, but I do have a couple of other forums scheduled um, throughout Holland and Grand Haven in October. And a really cool women's um, canvassing event will be coming up. We want to get all these women out there um, in one day, and let's see how many doors we can knock on. 
So stay tuned for that. Right. I'm also on Twitter at Jeanette. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jeanette M. I, I believe. <laughs> Um, please, if you, if you, hey, donate, donate, help me win. We can flip this blue and, and literally we'll, we'll make history. Um, if I win this election, first Latina, first woman, first Democrat in our area. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. We, uh, you have a great platform and um, we'll continue to follow you and, and of course be of any services we can. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me the space and time tonight, and you guys have a great night. You too. Uh, you too. Thank you. Uh, all right. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. I like her. All right. So we are a little over time, so when are we going to go into our next song, or what are we yeah, doing? We can go, right go right into the All right. Good deal. So. I, you know, I'm not even mad at this move along because I love me some passion talk. So this evening, um, I am excited, especially for this particular topic, because the title reached out and grabbed me like, did that air snatch? Um, but tonight's passion talk, we are discussing what are you willing to die for? Did you die for this? Did you die for this? <laughs> That's what I heard as soon as I stopped the topic. So I'm going to stop being silly, and I don't want to cut into Miss Cicely's time, so I'm going to shut up and ask and let her ask us the question. What are we willing to die for on this evening? How you doing, sugar? Hey, baby. Hey, girl. How we doing? <laughs> How we doing? How we doing? What up, boy? What up, Nick? How we doing, my people? Kelly Kev, Winnie Win, Q and Q. I love all of y'all. All right, here we go. So, yes, you know what? I, I wasn't really certain that you know I always love to you know tie in in some way, some fashion to what you all are featuring. And I wasn't certain that it would, but then I heard the um. The uh, senator, the prospective senator, uh, and I was like, yeah, this is so good. So I just love how it works out. So, <laughs> so what's up, y'all? This is your girl, Cicely Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International. My business tree is to help train and equip people to find their voice of identity so they can stop people pleasing and be empowered, encourage confidence and communication. I'm a certified professional coach, and I'm a counselor as well. I am the queen of empowerment, and I set people's eyes on fire for a living, and that's why they call me the fire starter. Welcome to Passion Talk, where we give you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. I pray you all are feeling especially empowered today. Um, we are talking about what are you willing to die for, D-I-E, acronym. I told Winifred I was in an acronym mood today, so what we gonna have? So, <laughs> all right. So, what are you willing to die for? To be passionate about something bigger than yourself, in essence, is what we're going to be covering. Okay? Um, maybe you've heard before. You haven't truly lived until you have found something to die for. Mm. So, I want to feature and to encourage and to exhort all of you as we come to the 
conclude in about a week or so of September. Can you believe it? And we are entering into the last, I can't believe it. It's very, very daunting, actually. And coming into the last quarter of the year, so for the home stretch of the last quarter of the year, you guys, I want you to know that you're literally going to have to stretch, all caps, yourself like never before. Right about this time, if I be sensitized enough, I would say that people are kind of revisiting, you know, what you set out to accomplish for the new year of 2018 that is almost at its conclusion. You're kind of looking at, you know, maybe the goals you set, maybe your progress, if you ever started it at all, how far along you are. If I be sensitized enough, I'm sure a lot of that is going on right about now. Okay, fire started included. And then, you know, you're kind of counting down the time, like, oh, snap, you know what I'm saying? I only got three months left to finish what it is that I said that I was going to do for 2018, right? And now you're getting real serious. Right about this time in the ninth hour, you're getting serious, aren't you? (laughs) I mean, you're going to the gym five days out of the week when initially you only had to do two if you kept it consistent. But now now you got to double up, triple up. I got to, you know, cut carbs out. Forget it. I'm just not going to eat all together. I got 20 pounds I need to lose by the end of the year 2018, okay? So, listen, this is not the death process we're really talking about, you guys. But, it, you know, it's comical, but it can't be true because I know you're out there. I don't know you're out there. Die in this instance is not necessarily in physical death, you guys. But sometimes I want you to know it may come to that or feel like that when you have an endeavor, when you have a project, when you have a cause, when you have a vision, et cetera. When you have your eyes set on something that's so big, so broad, so risk-taking, so beyond you, it can feel like a physical death um, sometimes. Um, and, and sometimes it is literal. For example, um, our great and honorable military, right, that put mm-hmm. their literal lives on the line to serve their country, and they sign up for it intentionally, and they know sometimes that they might even go into a battlefield, into a war, that they may not come out of on the other side, and yet they decide to go into it anyway. I believe that is one of the greatest examples of those who represent a cause greater than them or bigger than them. They go on behalf of a country and of their country, and they forsake all else, you guys. I need you to listen very soberly, okay, um, very metaphorically and symbolically I'm speaking. But, of course, if you are a decorated um, military officer, you can um, sympathize with this and empathize a lot greater. But please understand, they go on behalf of their country, and they forsake all else. They forsake their family. They forsake their citizenship. They forsake their um, or their or their citizen standard, if you will. They forsake their entire identity. Hear me clearly. Their yes. entire identity to take on the cause of their government in a foreign place, full time, mm-hmm. not knowing if they'll ever get back to what they've known before. Mm-hmm. This is what our military do, does for us, and that is why they are worthy of triple honor that, unfortunately, many of them don't receive when they come home. But that's a whole nother passion talk, okay? So we're not going to go there, but we are going to break this acronym down. D is for determining, determining. Please take your notes, okay, good students. 
determining that yep. you will physically die first before you ever give up on becoming the best that you are purposed to be. I'll say that again. You have to determine that you will physically die first before you ever give up on becoming the best you that you are purposed to be. Listen to me. When you begin to press into things that are beyond you, it's as if you're going to actually physically feel it, okay? You're going to feel the tangible weight of it. It's going to, it, it actually feels like a tangible weight that you have. And the reason for this, um, the reason it feels that way, you guys, is because eventually you will hit what's called the wall. You hit the wall. The wall is that place of resistance. Listen to clearly. The wall is that place of resistance where your education, your know-how, your contacts, your skills, your talents, your manipulation, et cetera, whatever it is you're trying to work to get there, right, <laughs> where that ceases, hear me, and where another level of trust is required to go the long haul. We're talking about determining. We're talking about a wall, right, if you are as ambitious and, and driven and passionate, you know, as I am and, and um, maybe very well endowed with a lot of greatness, but then still, still there's another level of greatness where you've never been. And, and, and in all honesty, that you maybe never thought that you would ever arrive to, that, that level of greatness requires a whole uh, other level of trust that's required to take you there. It is called the breaking point, you guys, where another measure of death, hear me, occurs. Okay, we're talking about what are you willing to die for? Another measure of death occurs when you hit that resistance wall and you get your breaking point, right? And you know you're pressing into maturity and growth with your commitment. It's actually a compliment, okay? I know it feels like you're dying, but it's really a great thing because actually that means you're breaking a a a a, a barrier. You know how you know the uh, rockets, right? They take off uh, into uh, outer space, right? And then they're going to break, you know what I'm saying, a barrier in space where a part of them has to fall off. We used this illustration before, but it's very um, it's very uh, appropriate where a part of that um, vessel is going to fall off because it's no longer going to be needful, useful, or can go into the next atmosphere it's about to transition into. Hear me mm. in the spirit, please, okay? So you need to know what are you willing to die for. Now, I need you to know, um, and I'll say it again, nothing is automatic and it's not magic, okay? So that's why determining is so <laughs> needful. Listen, nothing is automatic and it's not magic. So people would love to think that stuff is just going to fall on you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just greatness going to fall on you. you just success going to fall on you. You know, say fall down. You know, they think, you know, the Kurt Franklin song, it's just going to fall on you. But it ain't going to fall on you. You got to work it. Nothing. I say nothing. I repeat nothing. It's automatic and it's not magic. Okay, so D is for determining. I is for identify. This is probably the most pivotal point. Okay, the most pivotal um, concept here, identify. Identify how you want to ideally and consistently show up in the world. Please hear me on that, okay? Identify how you want to ideally and consistently show up in the world, and you have to do this every day, ladies and gentlemen. This is what you can do to help to develop that uh, skill and that training in you. Ask yourself, what will your legacy be? 
ask yourself, what would your legacy look like specifically? I'll give you mine for an example. Passion International is my legacy. And for the rest of my life, until my dying day, you will find me in an international space, traveling the globe, speaking, writing, training, equipping, and developing fire in people in essence. In short, this is what I will be found doing. What will you be found doing that you're passionate enough to do for the rest of your life? This is my question to you. That you'll be dead to every other alternative if it doesn't get you closer to your determined identification. Did you hear that? That you'll be dead to every other alternative if it doesn't get you closer to your determined identification. What are you willing to die for? The way that you know what that is for you because you live, eat, think, speak it as often as you can. Basically, you wear it as your second skin. It should become your reputation and your or what you're known for, right, your character, you know, because it's so with you, right? It's in your system like a drug. You've become one with it, okay? You've married that thing. You've married yeah. it, and when people see you, they see it, right? When people see you and speak of you, they speak of it. So when you have a passion, it has to become a diligent obsession, I learned that from, um, who was that? That was Mike Murdoch. It has to become a diligent obsession of yours if you ever expect to persevere in it and have growth. And you have to stick with it and invest your time, invest your money, invest your sleep, invest your attention, invest your relationships, invest your pleasures, et cetera. You got to invest it all. We're talking about identifying yourself. You also know that it's willing to die for because it because any investment you give it, you never consider it a loss, even when you don't initially see progress. Please hear that, okay, business owners, entrepreneurs, startups. I want you to be encouraged, baby. Listen, you know that you're willing to die for it because any investment you give it, you will never consider it a loss, even when you don't see the progress. You're going to press on like, you know what I'm saying, it's flowing with milk and honey, right? <laughs> it can be dry as desert sand, but you're going to act like it's flowing with milk and honey. That's how you know that you're willing to die for it. That's how you know that's your identification. It's going to be so much bigger than you, and more the vision is so, and the more the vision is so great, listen, it should overwhelm you, honestly, and it should make you feel very small in comparison. If it doesn't get you to that point, I I submit to you, you're probably not um, big enough yet with your vision. If it doesn't make you pale in comparison, if it doesn't make you feel small and and just scared of bejesus out of you, if it doesn't overwhelm you to the point like, I have no clue, okay, how this thing will be, (laughs) but you're going to go for it anyway, that's how you know that you're willing to die for it. Listen, and, and also let me add this. You may not even have enough physical years left on the earth to bring it all to pass. That's how I feel about Passion and National, y'all. I got so much big vision in me, I'm not going to be here long enough to see it all. (laughs) Trust me. Okay, it's more than the years that I have left on the earth. I say to you, that's how audacious your vision should be for yourself if you are truly going to be willing to die for it. What are you willing to die for? 
emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially. Listen, the investment that it takes to run a business initially when there will be more sacrifice than gain in the beginning and more red than black. That is a measure of death. All right? And you need to know, am I willing to die for this? A great entrepreneur said, you have to do what you need to do today to live how you want to live tomorrow. Are you willing to do that? Especially when no one else can see the big vision except you. What are you willing to die for? What is that identification that is significant and important to you? Get an aim, people. Say, I'm willing to die for, this one I'm willing to die for and give my life, this is Passion International, to exonerate as many people from the lack of identity, lack of voice, lack of esteem, lack of value, starting with me and spreading the blaze to all others everywhere that I go. That is what I'm willing to die for. That's what I'm laying my life for, uh, down for. And the E is for evolving, finally. To evolve, what are you willing to die for? Evolving beyond what you ever imagined you could be or that it could be for you. To evolve beyond what you ever imagined you could be or that it could be for you. I'm talking about literally transforming from the person in thought, in word, in behavior, in mindset, etc., that once limited you and kept you playing small or kept you playing safe due to learned conditioning, due to trauma, due to hurt, due to wrong teaching, due to lack of development, et cetera. I don't care what it is, but you need to love the future version of yourself enough to continue the mutation process until you have become a new man or a new woman. I'll say that again. You need to love the future version of yourself enough to continue the mutation process until you have become a new man or a new woman. I need you to read the books. I need you to take the courses or the programs. I need you to go to the level of conference. Hello, I need you to hire the coaches. I need you to get the accountability to get you to the next dimension of your livelihood. You must put skin in the game, people, and invest in yourself and your future you. You must evolve. Evolve means to develop. It means to progress, advance, mature, grow, expand, spread. Alter, change, transform, adapt, and metamorph. You must evolve. What are you willing to die for? Determining, identifying, and evolving for the rest of your life until the person you used to be, you will see no more. This is mm. a girl. And that's your yeah. person talk for today. I know you're on fire now. Your hands are blazing. You better go, y'all, you better put this on repeat, replay, okay? It's a lot of good eating in there. All right. But I love you. I know it's about that time. Any quickly, uh, uh, 30 to 60 seconds. What's your comments, concerns? Let's go for it. That's a word. You preach. Excellent. Excellent. I just wanted to say that I. this is so funny that this is confirmation because when I was talking to someone today at work, the exact word came up. That you, mm. you know when your purpose is when you're willing to die for it. Mm-hmm. Now, he's in the room. He's in the room. He's in the room. We in the spirit, people. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Thank you, Kels. Thank you. Yes, I 
love it. I love it. I love it. You guys, I hope that live is on lit, is on fire. I will go back mm-hmm. and read comments. If you want to get in touch with your girl, you know that it's time for you to get the right accountability. Hey, your coach is right here, and I'm ready for you. Firesidepassion <laughs> at gmail.com. Holla at your girl. Until next time, I want you to stay in purpose, stay in power, stay in passion, and stay on fire. You've been a part of Passion Talk. We've just given you practical tools for everyday living so you can press it to your personal power. I love you. I bless you. And Jesus. <laughs> love yeah. y'all. I'm out of here. Peace. All right. Good night. Good night. <laughs> I bless you. Yes, you did. That was a word. That was a word. That was a word. Y'all both, y'all both. That was a word. Y'all it preach. was a right on What's time word. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm. Y'all preach. Mm. Y'all preach. Y'all preach. Y'all preach. Y'all preach. Yeah. Y'all preach tonight. You did that. I'm retired. Yeah. My, my job is done. I don't have, I'm good. <laughs> Get it with the criminals. Yeah. Mm. I was looking. I was the doors of the church are now open. The doors of the church are open. You start the line. I got. I need five people. Here. I need. I just hit, look here. We gonna collect the offering. I just hit that five people that need that sow a seed. Just need to sow a seed right, right now. <laughs> Is there one? Is there one? Do we have one? Is there one? Exactly. Y'all done encouraged tonight. All right. All right, we got three minutes. Yeah. Woo. Three minutes. Go ahead and let's close this out before I, before I start shouting. Right. Okay. Uh, y'all already know, great show. Uh, I love it tonight. Be, go forth and be productive. Be productive. Yeah. Be kind and yeah. be productive. Yeah. Oof. That's all I got. All right. Cue what you got. <laughs> Kel, Kel's tired from her sermon here. All right. <laughs> I want to send love and light out to everybody this week. Um, I encourage you to go to levelupchicago.com. I know Wynn is going to talk about that, but you guys have for real no idea how awesome this is getting ready to be and how hard we are working to provide a conference experience like you have never ever had before. So it's not just us sharing stuff and talking about it. This is going to be something you are going to want to be in on the ground level of. So go to the site, get registered. We'll see you in August. <laughs> right. Anything, anything going on with Elegance by Design? No, just our regular old awesome right now. Don't get that butter, baby. It's getting cool outside. All the tears is the best moisturizer for your skin. It's something rich that adds to and does not cover up. So holla at your girl so I can get you some sexy shakes for that fall twerk round. All right. All right. Uh, tomorrow, y'all. J- tomorrow, of course, the word on Wednesday is on. Uh, so tune in at seven o'clock. Also, I am. Um, yeah, I'm doing a special Facebook live tomorrow at eight o'clock Central Standard Time. Um, for with uh, Shanita, um, Shanita Hurt. So y'all tune in tomorrow, and we got we got some something good to talk about. Um, so y'all tune in at eight o'clock tomorrow on Facebook Live. Yeah. 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 Yeah
make sure, like they said, you go to the Level Up website, y'all. This is about to be off the chain. So go to the Level Up conference oh and, uh, website and get registered level now. Up, level up. LevelUpChicago.com. And then last but not least, if you haven't gotten your new ex- your new Nouveau Exposure um, articles, check it out, NouveauExposure.org. And check out the Nouveau Exposure uh, store. Uh, they're running the sale right now, too. Other than that, I want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in. We had an awesome show. Thank you to Jeanette for coming in. Y'all go and follow her and support her campaign. Um, and have a good rest of your week. Um, it's going to be a good week, uh, and I hope um, that, yeah, that it's a good week for you because I know it's going to be a good one for me. So y'all have a good rest of your week. Kels Q, thank you. I appreciate you. Love you. Fifthly, uh, awesome job. Yeah, you preach that. Y'all, y'all preach that tonight. So. Have a good rest of your night. I'll see y'all next week on another episode of the radio show. You don't even want love. Then tell me why you're here, love. If you could just give it, I should just spend it. Why are you standing here? First you say you're with me. And then you try to diss me. I try to keep it low when you knock me to the floor Cause I don't wanna cry your tears Would you believe this love is forever gone? And would you take this long sweet road And pull it together? Baby, if this is goodbye Cause I don't wanna cry no tears Would you believe this love?